What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Ego Death Podcast. I'm Blaze. And I'm Chris Marone. And we're going to dive into a conversation that we've been having over the last couple of days. Ongoing. Yeah. That's sure. one probably more present now than it's ever been before because we're at the height of our use with social media. But that is how so much of who we are today and the generation coming up after us has been and is being directly influenced by social media, um, you know, the algorithms. And it's it's something that we, or at least I'll say for myself, Blaze can obviously chime in if he agrees, but I believe, um, you can obviously chime in if he doesn't agree. Uh, I believe... <laughs> that we need to do something about this. Like, I think it's important for us to pull the reins a little bit as we've been advancing so fast. We need, we need to kind of like slow down a little. One thing we had talked about when we were walking, we were talking about, um, or I, I was saying how one thing that I have started to do is try to actively influence my own algorithm in order yes. to have a little bit more control over what pops up on my feed. Yeah, people um, need to hit that not interested button. Yep, hitting the not interested button, uh, uh, you know, finding different ways to have more influence over your algorithm outside of simply what grabs you immediately. Yeah. You know, because I think that is what, if people don't mitigate or aren't mindful about... um their interaction with these social media algorithms, um, they will consistently get thrown at them uh, content that is designed to immediately grab your attention. Yeah. And that's not always... Because it's all it's about. Yeah, exactly. It's about like keeping you on there. It's about keeping you engaged with it's it. It's a capitalistic driven program, algorithm, that's purpose is to hold your attention for as long as possible because that's what uh, keeps the system going. Right. And if we're going to continue to interface with that kind of system, I think it is worth sharing with people different ways that they can try to um, get involved in or try to influence the algorithm in such a way that they have more control over what pops up. It is having a direct impact on our lives, whether we want to believe it or not. 100%. I am not just speaking from a, a, a local scale, but on a global scale. And there are individual accounts recently that I've just been passenger to of people where it had a direct impact on their life, whatever was happening on, on the internet and social media. And that, that's something that I think we just need to be mindful of where I feel sort of an obligation is as a millennial it's not that long ago that we were that young and we understood a reality without that consistent connection. And we have a younger generation coming up that that has been their life as they've known it. That's how they've seen the world. They, they only know of a world that's this, this constantly connected place on, on the internet and social media. I mean, your, your, your life is guided by the internet act at, or, or participating on it you know mm -hmm. and that generation we got to start thinking about them since we had that sort of i want to say fortunate experience 
we can see going forward if if we don't find a way to maybe optimize it or not not optimize it for the sake of money but optimize it for the sake of humanity yeah that's that's exactly how i would phrase it or what i I would think about it is to try and pick different things than just engagement to optimize these algorithms for if we're going to be contending with these algorithms if we're going to use them as part of our social media internet experience then we should be trying to optimize them for things I think other than just time spent on the platform or just engagement. And I think that there are plenty of trends that are, have been happening and are continuing to happen that, you know, maybe we don't have a whole lot of time and data to go off of yet. Yeah. But if I were to speculate based on what I've seen, you know, a lot of the trends in human behavior that are, happening that I think are a result of people's constant use of social media and constant time spent on the internet. Yeah. Um, is things like antisocial behavior. Yeah. You know, lacking in the ability to communicate verbally, being easily influenced and at the same time being extremely sort of static and hard headed and not willing to examine I think there are enough, enough experts and behavioralists that can see there is a line to draw with our activity as children with the the internet based on what we see is happening in their in their developments we got to see and have an experience where there wasn't an algorithm leading us for the whole sake of attention what kept our attention was you know just general interest yeah and that could be from our group of friends to a very specific topic in online community that you would be a part of and you discovered just like you would in the real world right but our represent the representation of of or sorry the reflection of social media then was more of a of a of a a wider you know collage where or a, a collage of life where you saw many different sides to the people that you followed because they were mostly your friends. It wouldn't be about keeping your attention. It was just about posting. You just kind of like shared it, just threw it out there and just kept going. Yeah. I think the, I think the, the thing that you just said that really is um, very important, an important factor in this conversation around these algorithms is that the way that we used to interface with social media and then the inner and the way that we used to interface with the internet was not based on some sort of advertisement because that's essentially what these algorithms do now is they just throw ads at you, but it's not necessarily an advertisement for a product. It might just be an account or a piece of content that you don't already follow that you didn't know was out there. And it's deciding, okay, I'm going to throw this up in front of you. Not because you searched for it and not because it's one of your friends or somebody you already know, just because I think you might find it interesting. Yeah. And, the only way that stuff like that used to get to our eyes was that one of your actual friends would throw something up in front of you or somebody in your actual community would be like, hey, you should check this out. Yeah. Or you would have already been interested in something and you would be digging, looking for more things related the to The communities were built around, most of the time, people interested in the same topic. So if you found yourself on a, on a platform where you had a bunch of other accounts that you didn't know, you shared the same interest. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, social media, at least for as I recall it, was didn't have that 
tinge to it at all. Yeah, the whole commercialized uh, aspect of it. I, I don't. I don't know. It's like you had to have seen it to to know what I'm talking about. I think other millennials know what what yeah. this is. You 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 know. Yeah. So we've talked 100%. about it. It's hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard to describe because it you know is I think hard to remember. I think it's we you know we spend so much time on there. And we have now in the last, you know, decade, two decades, spent so much time on there. And in that time, there have been so many small incremental changes. You know, one of the things that uh, (laughs) will remind you or any listener of the way that these platforms used to work. You know, I have like old screenshots of the way that these platforms used to visually look, let alone how they interface and how you use it, but how they actually used to look. And sometimes if you can take a second and look at a picture of how these platforms used to look, you can start to remember the way you used to interface with them. You know, there were several big changes that have been made over the last decade plus in the way that we interact with social media. The the changing, the, the instituting of these algorithms was a very big change. You know, there were several very big changes. The, the big change that, I think I've talked about it before here, you know, when they moved timelines from being chronological was yeah. something that I recognized at the time was going to be a huge I didn't change. like it at all. I still don't. Yeah, exactly. It's it, And, you know, the change of now they, if you scroll through a lot of the feeds for a lot of social media platforms, you know, accounts will pop up frequently that you don't follow. Yeah, all the time. Are just, you know, yep. essentially what the explore page used to be. Yeah. The explore page used to be the tab on the platform where that's where you would go and find random stuff that the algorithm was throwing at you and saying, are you interested in this? Now that's on every part of the platform. It's not just limited to that area. There's all these changes that have happened over over time that have changed the way that we interface with these platforms. And the biggest gripe that I have currently is these algorithms is that like, I don't think that people need these algorithms in order to interface on these platforms and have an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I could totally live without the advertisements. I could live without just getting sent content that is out there that the algorithm thinks I will like. Yeah. I can seek out the things that I like. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is there's a documentary that addressed this exact thing we're discussing now. Yeah. That even it's just been a few years later than that that doc came out and things have drastically shifted yep. and changed. And it, it was kind of like, it makes me think, what was it called? Uh, um, the one on Netflix? The uh, Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. And Social Dilemma, I mean, yo, when we were getting done watching that and I was like, whoa. But now getting back into that mindset and thinking about it and just kind of seeing things, I mean, it, it's... It's starting to bleed into the 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 real world and and I don't think as the the sort of first generation with that technology growing up, I personally don't think it's it's a good idea for us to let it go unregulated or or, or that we don't try to intervene. We yeah. don't we don't try to create something to solve this this problem because if it doesn't get solved the the future generations are going to have a really hard time and the world is going to look starkly different and but in in what's what'll be much different about it is it it'll be a uh, it'll be a world directly driven by capitalism yeah i think that is that is one very important piece of it that like it's it's very i think a lot of the changes are driven by an attempt to create more you know money out of these uh platforms 
and different ways of communicating online, different ways of interfacing online. You uh, you have to really be intentional about how you're behaving online right now if you don't want to be manipulated, exposing yourself to things that maybe you don't want to subject yourself to. You know, I think about it, I, I just think that the the world is probably going to just look so different because of the way that we interface with these, yeah. with technology in general. That generation's going to grow up. That generation's going to be interacting in the world with us as we're just a little bit older. And and most of us millennials have, have barely been adults, actually like been adults. And we're not talking a long, we're not talking something that's like, oh, later when we're older, we're talking maybe something 10 years from now, mm-hmm. where these humans will be 10 years older. And that will be a part of their their self. That, that will be a part of their identity. That that interaction, that daily interaction, it will influence them. We just talked about seeing that 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 one video. It was so disappointing. That that Sneeko guy, that streamer, and and those kids seeing him and and what they were saying, and they were just they were echoing him. They were just emulating him. It was a reflection of him. Yeah, I think you know the hardest part of that video was that. These kids didn't think they were saying anything wrong. No. They were super excited. They were like, they thought they were saying, because, you know, I remember being a kid. And if you saw somebody that you idolize as a kid, yes. you're going to, you know, say all the stuff that you think this person, you know, wants to hear. And you, you idolize yeah. them. And especially when that person is selling a brand that is meant to represent their persona. You yeah. know, I, I take a lot of issue with people who sell whatever it is they're selling. When you tie that to your identity and then you become surprised when people think you are the person that you are promoting yourself to be through your art. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, if, if you go around and you, and you say that you believe what X, Y, and Z, and you say that this is who I am, and you just watch your platform grow and grow, and, you know, this extends to another conversation we've had before about how the, we need to be mindful about the fact that there are no age restrictions on the internet. Yeah. And that, you know, young minds are very easy to influence. And that, that's how you result in moments like that video where this this kid is like so enamored and excited to see somebody who, you know, maybe in his mind is like a hero or yeah. a superstar. Looks up to him. And then says this stuff that, you know, is, is really unfortunate and really feels like a step, if not 10 steps backwards culturally. It feels yeah. like, you know, when I was growing up, I thought that art and culture was about moving things forward. And my perspective on forward was that like, we are trying to take what has been given to us as far as our traditions, examine them, figure out what is applicable, figure out what isn't, and use technology as this sort of tool to try and figure out how we can create a more forward thinking, if you want to call it inclusive or, or... um, just more evolved culture. Equitable. Equitable, sure. I mean, really equitable, right? You yeah, know. absolutely. And If we're know. all equal, we're all included. Yeah. It, it That mindset needs to be in the generation coming up because like this, with this tying into the, the capitalism conversation because the algorithm is influenced and I just want to like echo this is that the way that capitalism's tied to this is the way the algorithm is specifically programmed to keep people's attention and whatever can keep your attention for whatever reason is to, to, to keep eyes. So, you know, it can generate money that doesn't exist. I think behavior on the internet is, is starkly different and our 
behavior outside of the internet is drastically different because there isn't this, this, you know, essentially like this entity on the other side of the digital space trying to lure you in a, in a direction. When we look at how that influences our, our perspectives and we can see uh, what is coming ahead for a lot of boomers, which is the, the, the idea of having a savings getting into their older years to take care of themselves is dwindling at a, at a very fast pace. And there's probably, and, and this is a statistic that it just came out that I heard about is there's a lot, there's m- more boomers going homeless than there ever has before. And that number is steadily rising. And part of this is due to the fact that that money, that, that, you know, generational money is going away because their, their kids, boomers, children are having to work nonstop. So when they get sick and they need to be taken care of or whatever, they have to do these routine, you know, hospital visits. They can't just get that general care at home. That would be the case for a, a parent being able to take care of them. And then as they get older, if the if the child is now living at a place that's that's more expensive, they can't live there, which would mean an extra room. Uh, if they're not living at a place that's 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 technically more expensive because it's an extra room so that they can be there and take care of, they have to go seek out medical attention, which is an expense and cost. So they're going to tap into all their savings. So all their savings are going to go away and dwindle really fast. And they might end up homeless. And it's just like all that shit's coming. And it's it's happening as we speak. It's just going to spread. If the behavior that is directly influencing people's everyday lives, maybe there's something to be said about this age restriction regulation, like all kind of having a moment going, hey, guys, we, we got we to gotta do something about this. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. But I, I also think that it's highly unlikely for the simple reason that um, from what I understand, f- for the if you're a content creator, if you have a product that you're selling, if you have something that requires you to um, accumulate an audience in order to build a market or a market share, one of your goals often is to create a loyal customer base. So a customer base that is going to come back to you for a long period of time for whatever it is that you're providing to them. I've heard it said that young people, if you can get them to be your consumer base, you have a customer for a longer time than an older customer. Because an older customer is going to see your product or your platform as something new and maybe not necessary for my life. It's not something that I actually think will you know, benefit me for a long time. So I'm not going to be a long-term customer. But when you're very young, and you like something and we all have, you know, anybody who was an adult was really young once. And, you know, there are things that maybe you were really into or that you really liked or that you really wanted when you were really young that don't actually, you know, feed any of your, the longevity of your life. It doesn't really feed you or doesn't really serve the kind of purpose that you thought it would when you were really young. And I'm only saying that to say that this is, I don't see a, str- a strategy or an impetus for these companies to put an age restriction because then you're going to be stopping or you know, uh, putting a barrier between this direct contact that these sellers have right now to really young people who will become their loyal customers. Um, But again, it comes back to unregulated capitalism that like, if your only incentive is to get as many customers, loyal customers as possible, and you're just trying to market to people and create a market and, you know, create some type of a, a profit channel or, you know, some kind of, way to produce 
a product and make profit off it, if that's your only incentive, then, you know, it, it's kind of a race to the bottom. It's kind of a, you know, if there's no regulation on it, then people start to do and believe in some pretty, you know, I don't know, morbid. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like, yeah, yeah I think it's just kind of sad. You know, I, I, I don't yep. know what it is that needs to be done or, or should be done or can be done to fix this quote unquote problem. I don't yeah. even know if it's a problem as much as it is maybe a sad inevitability. You know, I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really sure or convinced, but inevitable. If I'm not being lured to the edge of a cliff and falling off of it, I don't think it's inevitable. I'll fall off the cliff. But if I have something luring me in that direction and I don't, I'm not aware it's got this sort of like hold over me, like the Pied Piper, we know that metaphor. We can look at this situation and go, okay, maybe that, maybe, maybe that's, that's true. Maybe this is taking us towards the edge of a cliff and we can go and snap out of it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Since we know that that should happen. Looking into solutions would then be the next choice, which would then go back to a conversation we've had before, which is AI. And, and AI would probably be able to help us figure out the solutions to this problem. And I would not be surprised <laughs> if down that path of discovery, it started to talk about the C word and fixing the capitalist mm -hmm. problem mm -hmm. while fixing this problem. Yeah. Because one can't be fixed without the other. It's probably going to offer some solutions in, in that <laughs> direction. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are just going to resist that. Yeah. 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 I, I wonder. On that basis alone. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of people who would resist any sort of change that would in some fashion or way, you know, uh, uh, curtail some of the some of the free reign capitalism that that goes on currently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that to, to take the medicine, you got to think you're sick for it to, or, you know, if for you, for you to, in this situation, yeah. for, as it relates to what we're talking about now, yeah, I don't know if you can force people to see the possible coming consequences of their behaviors right. online. I don't think you can force people to you know, believe that these algorithms are dangerous or that they're influencing your behavior. Yeah. I think people would have to sort of on their own come to the realization that like my behaviors are being manipulated or they would have to come to the realization on their own that this is no longer serving me in a way or serving my community in a way that is positive. You know, I think if more people had a community-based mindset, they would yeah. probably come to this conclusion faster um, because rather than just paying attention to themselves and their own personal wants and needs and behaviors, if they looked around and looked at the people around them and what was going on with them and, and tried to really pay attention and examine the way that people behave. Yeah. But again, that's only going to raise flags if you have a reference point, which is, it speaks to your point again about this younger generation who has no reference point of a time before these social media algorithms and has no reference point of a time before our lives were so integrated with the internet. So why, what reason would they have to believe that this is a problem for one? Yeah. And what reason would they have to hearken back to a time when there wasn't, where things didn't operate this way for them? Yeah. There was no time when it didn't operate this way. Yeah. So it's like for, for those who, 
existed in a time where there wasn't such this integration with internet and our daily lives, you know, maybe those are the people who would be more easily convinced that your behavior online needs to be somewhat curtailed or you need to be careful and mindful about what you're exposing yourself to and you need to be aware of these algorithms. But there might be a whole swath of people who really aren't hearing that (laughs) and really won't hear that. And maybe that's just the nature of things. Maybe there's just that there's a certain demographic for whom this whole conversation is is not relevant. Maybe it will be one day and just isn't right now. And, you know, maybe... In in an odd way, it's sort of like, kind of (laughs) like... talking about the boogeyman, Mm -hmm. you know, we believe that there's this, for someone to, to, to be in that case, like you're describing, which they do exist. Mm -hmm. We know that to be the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's irrelevant. It's like, Oh, you're, you're, I should be, I should be uh, worried about this thing that is influencing me. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You kind of just have to let it play out at that point. And that, it can feel like you can feel powerless to it when you find yourself in that situation. It's like, what, how could I really ever move the needle on this thing that I believe to be a problem? If the solution involves everybody coming together and not everybody is trying to come together. That's why that's, you know, if we could all just come together and agree, maybe we could use AI to assist us with taking care of some of the most important problems right now that we are facing because i think there are some things going on in the world around us that we can collectively prioritize what should be the first thing that we do and take care of while doing other things because i think we can do multiple things at the same time Mm -hmm. or we just continue down this path and no humans getting it right because most of the humans that are getting into positions of power seem to if they get there with good intention, seem to get corrupted at some point. Some aspect of this money-driven world gets them. And it's just like, just knowing that people are that susceptible to be inauthentic for money. Yeah. And that being an influence, the almighty influence right now. We've got to use something else to help us solve the problem. And AI can do that. We can program that. So that's why I'm like, maybe we should fucking consider it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think if these issues are as pressing as we seem to believe they are, then yeah, we should be using any, any and every technology that we have access to, to try to figure out, to try to hone in on what the issue is and then to try to find solutions and to, you know, be willing to step outside of ourselves, our own personal wants and needs for a second and try to just try. Cause I, it's, it is so hard for, for me to, uh, um, to ask of people to be so, uh, interested and concerned with some of the things that I'm interested and concerned with Yeah, because I can empathize with their day to day life. And for a lot of people, how, busy they are how clouded their mind is you know the it it goes down to their daily routines of the kind of foods that they're eating and the amount of time they're spending inside versus outside the amount of interpersonal connections they have you know these things have such an impact on your day-to-day experience and if you are a person for whom you know you struggle with your 
interpersonal relationships, maybe you don't have that many, or many of them are negative. Maybe you don't like the things that you have to spend the most of your time doing, like a job or, you know, uh, um, maybe you're caregiving for somebody in your family. You know, there's all sorts of situations that people may find themselves in that make it difficult for them to step away from their current in their in the moment in the room problems and try to think about these bigger problems and then try to once you identify those problems to try to actually apply yourself actively to finding a solution i think it's great that we have platforms like this where we can try to examine and try to discover different solutions and also be heard in our concerns but it's 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 going to be a you know this is these are the the topics we're talking about the the questions that we're having these are generational topics these are yeah. you know we're on the cutting edge of a lot of this stuff a lot of this stuff is brand new as far as like being part of the cultural and, conversation and we're speeding very fast in this direction the direction that we're headed in now we're going at a pace where there isn't enough time to not react but we just we just don't have that uh, it's you can already see it you can already see that and and that's something for me that it's really hard getting through through the 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 day just that it's like not i don't know how to describe it for me it's like knowing there's a fire and it's slowly engulfing everything and it's you're just like you know waiting for it to to consume it all yeah you're kind of just like hoping it doesn't get to your house today yeah. And then the next day I'm hoping it doesn't get to my house today. <laughs> and then the next day I'm hoping it doesn't get to my house today That's, because yeah. like nothing's, it doesn't seem like anything productive is being done about it Yeah, and it exists and it is seemingly growing this, this yeah. fire, you know, this yeah. fire can be, you can use that analogy to describe several things that are happening. But yeah. I, I think that is the feeling that many are probably having is of, you know, this thing is happening all around me. Yeah. And I don't think or feel that there's something that I can do that is actionable that will actually move the needle yeah. on this thing. There are choices those individuals could make to be influenced to make, like considering ways of, you know, killing one's ego, because it's probably what's getting in the way and exposing themselves to an experience that snaps them out of the mindset that has, has driven them to get to where they're at. There are ways to make these changes. It's just getting a collective voice around it going, let's do it. Yeah. And I think a fast, we talked about that too, uh, a sort of fast track to getting to the point where we as a community, a large, almost global community can start to actually address these things yeah. would be to eliminate things like poverty, to make that a priority. You know, to eliminate yeah. these these competitive games that we've created to, you know, justify fighting for abundant resources. Like we have quite an abundance of some of our resources and yet we continue these economic competitive games of deciding who gets more or less of these resources when we could just give them to people and then it would not be on the docket of things that they're competing for on a regular basis. And then with, with those slots open, you can fill those slots with some of these things that we're talking about, these bigger these bigger cultural societal issues that we kind of need to come together in order to face effectively. I don't want all our listeners to leave this episode on too much of a, you know, sort of glib note, 
but this is kind of the state of, of where this conversation is. It's like, it's, it's, if, if we were to look at a reflection, what would be looking back at us? And when you zoom out, I don't know. I don't know if that's really the reflection, you know, I, I'm not happy with that reflection. Makes yeah. me, makes me sad, disappointed to see that reflection. We're a point in time in humanity when whatever version of humanity is still around, if it's still around a hundred years from now, is probably going to look back on this time period and just be like, fuck, I'm glad I didn't live during that time period. Yeah. If anything, and we've talked about this, a way to not feel like glib or down is like, what can I do in my daily life Mm -hmm. to somehow interact with this reality and steer it out of this direction? Yeah. How do, how do I just start doing that? And you know, you can, we've used this saying before, you can act locally, think globally and try to find other like-minded individuals, you know? Yeah. Do your best. <laughs> Cause it's, it's a, it seems to me that there's a lot against the individual right now, as far as you're on this, what feels like a solo journey of, of trying to move the needle on these gigantic issues. And yeah, as far as your your day-to-day when you're contending with these with these issues with these thoughts when you're contending with your day-to-day routines just i think that's that's a very productive and effective way to think about it find things that you can do in your day-to-day life it can even be something small but something actionable that at least reminds you that you are involved that you are a part of this bigger thing yeah and you're trying to move the needle in the right direction you're trying to make it better you're trying to make it more more efficient you know I think that's yeah. a good place for today. Yep. Thank you again for, for being with us, for listening to us. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Ego Death Podcast. I'm Blaze. I'm Chris Marone. Catch you on the next one. <laughs>